What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends $119.19 in-store only. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Good evening. Hello? 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 Good night, Brother Chris. How are you? Seems like we're having some technical difficulties. Good night. Welcome to another show. Welcome to Blog Talk. And it seems like I'm trying to get uh, my dear brother Chris to um, connect. I think he's having a little bit of a struggle. I'm going to try and see if I can reach out to him again. And we'll get started. Tonight's show is going to be a phenomenal one. Uh, we're going to talk about the zombie apocalypse. So it's going to be rather interesting. Good night, my brother. Hello, Chris. How are you? Okay. So... While we wait on Chris, I just want to tell you where we started off on last week. Where we started off on last week. What we touched on last week, we talked about uh, the zombie apocalypse. We talked about it um, not being in scripture. Um, This is man-made. We talked about its origins. And... That's where we're going to pick up this week, share with you about some of the things that we have um, come across. So last week we started out by saying, or let's, before we even go into it, let's have a word of prayer. 
Dear Lord God, as we come to you tonight, O Lord God, as we come to mean from your word, as we come to share with your people, O Lord God, what's going on in the world, what they're being exposed to, Lord God, that you will open the eyes of their hearts, dear Lord God, that they will come to know and understand who you are, and that they'll be drawn closer to you, O Lord God, and have a more intimate relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yes, this is Brother Rory, and we are still trying to um, connect with Brother Chris. Seems like he's having some issues. But um, I just wanted to talk to you about some of what we came across last week. So about the zombie and where did it come from? It started um, in Haiti. It was a folklore in Haiti um, for a very long time. And last week we played a clip um, telling people um, where it comes from out of Haiti and how it was actually studied um, in Haiti, studied in Haiti, and um, it it was studied by uh, two Americans in Haiti, and it actually stemmed from voodoo. And this was a folklore that was going on for a very long time until they came across a man who was a zombie for many years. This man, apparently, he was put in this uh, state to make it seem like he was dead and he wasn't actually dead and he came back to his village trying to find his way. Hey, Brother Chris. Hello. Yes, how are you? Trying to find his way. And he, he gave the people his name but he had been missing for so many years. So um, I'm just going over the a brief history of what we talked about last week. So the voodoo zombies are similar entities found in other mythologies that are very different and mindless. And they're flesh-eating creatures. So this was created in the movies at first, but now we see where it's running rampant in our society today, where it's it's basically um, taking over. And so that's why we're actually dealing with this tonight. And we are going to be playing a few uh, clips that I'm waiting for my brother to come on before we delve into can it. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, we can hear you right. perfectly. There we go. <laughs> All At right. first I was so, sure if you were on or not, but, um, yeah. you know. So I don't know we, what, what happened. we had a word of prayer. We had a word of prayer, and we're going to get started. Uh, if you want to go ahead and give them the information or where how we can be contacted, um, we we love sharing with people. And uh, you know, um, if you have questions, please hit up hit us up on Facebook. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Facebook.com. Don't let them burn. You can also reach us reach us at our website. Don't let them burn.com. You can reach us on Instagram. Same thing. And on Twitter. So if you have any questions, you could email us through the website and contact through any of those outlets. 
So um, uh, my brother Rory just gave you a lead-in to what the show is all about. We have a lot of information to share with you tonight. And, you, you know, this, this, this whole subject is, is jam-packed with more information than I thought I would actually find. Um, it's just incredible. But um, as, as Rory told you about last week's show, we, we covered the basic uh, meaning and history of what the whole zombie phenomenon is all about. And tonight what we want to do is take you through uh, a journey uh, through history and to see the other components of this, uh, this, this idea that has, uh, you know, infiltrated our, you know, pop, modern pop culture. So anything you want to say before we get into all that, uh, Rory? Well, yes, um, there's we, – we, we talked about briefly, I, and I was just sharing with everybody – one of the things that we found out when we were doing this was that this, and I, I'm just putting it out there, this zombie-like state was created by using various toxins um, in the voodoo, voodoo uh, ritual. And we, we went over that um, last week. And when we went over it, I was surprised to find out what they used. Now, so... Basically, what we're looking at, we're looking at chemistry. We're looking at a, a, a chemical compound that can be used to put a person in this particular state. So tonight, I also have a clip that I, 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 I'm, I'm going to put on, Chris, that tells you about the new zombie, the new zombie. And, and that's that's. I'm just going to leave it right there, my brother, because I'm not going to steal your thunder, and I don't want you to steal mine. <laughs> but um, you know, um, yes. So so that's where I have. That's where I'm at. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so you want to just go ahead and take it away? All right. So here we go. With um, we're going to go into. Some of the backstories into the ancient times and mythology to give you a, an idea. Um, because here we have to contrast this with what the Bible says, and we're going to try to do that tonight to, with our, to our best ability. So we're going to start with the Epic of Gilgamesh, one of the oldest uh, books printed uh, or actually recorded, and the, the Ishtar says, I will rise up, raise up, sorry, raise up the dead, and they will eat the living. That's from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, and all, then we go to 2nd century B.C., the China, where the, the Zhangxi, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, is basically a hungry ghost that returns to devour the living with rage. Why? Because the spirit didn't get a proper burial. That's why it lingers in our world to torment, and, 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 and it takes that torment out on the people responsible for not giving it a proper burial. And now we go to 7th century uh, in Arab, uh, Arab folklore, which we find the ghoul, which we talked about last week, that had uh, some of its, its meaning uh, put into the, 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 the movie Night of the Living Dead. So this one often manifests as a as a female demon 
the spirit of someone that had fallen from grace with God and lived a sinful life. So the punishment was to come back as a zombie. In some of the oldest legends, the demon was a prostitute that called out men from the desert to lure them to their death after turning from uh, uh, turn, turn into the form of a beautiful woman, uh, and then ter- uh, it would turn into the true its true terrifying form after uh, luring the men in, just sort of like a, a siren or a mermaid. And then we go to Scandinavia in the 8th century. Uh, this goes, goes back to North mythology, where we have the, the drugger. It's basically an undead Viking that had an insatiable appetite for human flesh and uh, intelligent, unstable entity that had to be lowered back into the ground to be defeated by a hero or some type of uh, soup with some type of superhuman strength. Uh, average man supposedly uh, couldn't handle this 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 drugger. So anyway, into now the 12th century England, where we find the Revenant. And the, the guy uh, that wrote about it was the, a guy named William of Newburgh. He was basically called the first zombie hunter. You know, take it for what you want, but that's what he was called. And uh, it was, uh, he documented that spirits named the hungry dead need to feed on the living. He, he, he considered them more than legend and that they were on a mission to destroy us. He recorded, as he recorded, one would not easily believe that corpses come out of their graves unless there were many supported by ample testimony. So he believed this because supposedly they had testimony about it. Um, his writing became important to the church. Uh, I'm thinking this might have been some type of Catholic church uh, because it came, it, it gave them understanding and how to exterminate these monsters that were returning to plague the living. And so we have those pieces of um, folklore, mythology, um, historical references from different cultures. And and as you see, if you watch uh, most of the zombie movies, they have all these elements in there in some way. Um, Anything you would like to uh, talk about with that, Rory? Well, no, not at this time. I... I Mm -hmm. What well, what I will say is this. I will say I'll give you this much. Um, it's just funny how, um, in the last one you read, they're they're dealing with, or most of these, they're dealing with an entity that's not human. It's it's actually a spirit, or they're giving you the um, what they're actually giving you is the is the um, the description of a of a demon. Yes, I find that to be. To be um, so it's 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 sort of intertwined for for yeah. you know that, that's the only way I see it. it, it it's just intertwined, you, right? You it's another yeah, it's another spiritual right. component that exactly you know we wouldn't know unless we look back in the history, of course. And you know to to, to kind of like expound, it's like uh, it, it said that more than half of the zombie movies that have ever been made were developed after September 11, 2001, uh, according to the History Channel, um, this oh. documentary, Zombies of Living History. So it, it, that's a short a space of time for for all of these things to explode 
and 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 it, it, I kind of like go and, and and what comes to mind is how the Bible said knowledge will increase. Well, for for the knowledge to increase, the information has to go faster, right? We have to get the information faster. We we need to right. uh, be able to assimilate and and, and, and grab the the the, the, uh, the the you know send things faster and, and and get them around the world and and we all have I mean because the knowledge that we have now whether it be computers and literature, whatever it is, it's all, you know, exploded so profoundly that sometimes you have to, you, you think about the, the things that you know, uh, not not being like uh, like arrogant or anything like that. It's just the things that you know, it's like you, some of it you, you think, you thought you'd never well, know, you know? Well, well, I wouldn't say no. I think I would say the things that you're exposed to. Yeah. Because, yes, knowledge has definitely increased. So we find that, people are, are being exposed to a lot more things in different places. For instance, if we were to call up a name of a city um, where something might have happened, you are probably asking about 80 or 90, I would probably say about 60 to 70% of the people living in this world today would be able to find information on that readily within seconds or even minutes. And the click of a button. Uh, so exactly, yeah. And now, as we know, the way that television and movie theaters used to run, the movies actually used to run a, a longer time. You know, instead of you have a, a two month run, some movies would run for six months. It's just how it was. And um, same thing with TV shows; they would run for a long time. But as we get more and more writers, more and more directors, more and more whatever. Uh, the the TV stations they have a lot of a lot more choices to what they want to put on because here's the thing whether it's good or evil if it doesn't make money for the corporation they're not going to put it on because there were right. there were uh, movie uh, sorry um, TV shows that were on that um, a lot of people liked and they got taken off because it's commercial it wasn't good for the commercial success and even some of the the the, the pagan paganistic new age uh, shows that people are complaining about they're gone. Not because you know this uh, the other reason it was all about money, but anyway, I just wanted to put that little point in there and to to illustrate um, how these shows. And last week we talked about uh, the the, the writer strike that went on and how they started bringing on shows that would never be accepted before. Right, but, and, and there's one more thing before we even go, Chris. Um, not so much with the writer strike, but. Um, because of, of, like you said, because of how things have advanced, now mm-hmm. you have people that are able to delve into something um, that may be considered demonic at one point in a region or it was practiced in a, in a region of the world. Now it can be mass-produced very quickly, the same way, like you said. So um, people put spin on it, um, and they would just go, go to and do it. One of the things that kids are doing, in, in, in I've heard that a lot of kids are doing and don't know the implications behind it is this Charlie Charlie thing that they're doing in school. Yeah. And and um, I'm why I'm, I'm saying that is that is that real? Yes, I've heard several teachers that I've known, both locally and internationally, would call me and say, "Hey, this is going, Rory. This is going on. Wow." Can you imagine that kids are actually doing this? 
around the world um, in various in parts of the Caribbean and parts of here in North America. So this thing has, has is running rampant, and kids are exposing themselves to something that they know nothing about. Exactly. And I just uh, I just wanted to to say that you know to add that. Yeah. And it's all relevant to what we're talking about because here we have this folklore um, that is being injected and fused into these stories, and we 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 have we have no idea when we're watching them. You know, we just think somebody had a great idea, but they did their research. You know, um, another aspect uh, that that's important to look at is also um, the cannibalism factor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that one could take a long time to talk about, but I'm just going to do a short, you know, thing on it. It's basically, you but, know. But, but Chris, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. I think it, we have to touch on it because one of the components that was used in the drug in Haiti was the bones of a young child. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. last component that was used. Yeah. So, um that's also a part of it. And this had to be ingested. Mm-hmm. The person was going to ingest this. They were going to eat this. Yeah. So, yes, it is cannibalism. Right. And, and we're going to get to it. But first I want to cover a couple of things um, before that. And here it is. Uh, we we also have to also talk about how people would bury their dead, um, what it meant to them, and what they thought about it. And um, we'll start here. It says here, around the world, from culture to culture, burying the dead was a serious practice. Some put stones or bricks inside of the corpse's mouth in case the person would come back to life and feed on the living. Mm-hmm. Right? So there it's already ingrained in, in before television. The thought that a person could come back from the dead and feed on the living. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure it would take to, to go back into some deep historical archives to figure out why they really thought about it. Was it some type of spirit doing some things, you know, whatever. But, you know, we'll skip that for a second. So anyway. But, but now in- <laughs> when we look at some of these things, too, mm-hmm. we have to look at, um, when we go back, we have to look at the, the people who um, – made embalming or, 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 or were the best at it. And those were the Egyptians. And yeah. they were the ones who took great care of their pharaohs with the afterlife. So they were focused um, quite vividly on the afterlife and what was to come next. Although yeah. it was, they were way off, you know, and they came up, remember, uh, I think um, the Book of the Dead comes out of that region. So you know, yeah, these are some yeah. of the things that we have to also look at when we're when we're when um, we're looking at this. Okay, so um, you're, you're correct, and I guess you you have a couple Bible verses that you're going to share after we go through this um, burial thing, this uh, the burial practices around the world. So absolutely, here in Greece, they had a burial routine called. Mac, oh, sorry, sorry about the pronunciation, everybody. Mac, sorry, it's a Greek term. So anyway, um, meaning to uh, mutilate the body, to mutilate the body so it doesn't come back from the dead. 
This included removing the heart, liver, and the brain. This practice also crossed over to other cultures. So they were so ingrained into making sure somebody doesn't come back from the dead that they remove the organs. That's some serious belief right there. So, uh, so it's a lot of cultural ideas um, going on here, and I got a few more to share. But that one right there kind of stuck with me because of what they did. Now, usually, like you said, embalming, mummifying. Um, well, when in some mummification processes, they do um, remove the organs, and in others, they they just put the the spices and whatever to see, because they thought that the pharaohs would you know, come back to life. So, um, and, and, and also the pharaohs were, were thought of as gods. So also in Greece, the, you know, the, the Caesars were thought they were, they were, they were God on earth. So anyway, now we go to China where the custom is to pin or bind the body securely in its carriage to the, to the next world or the underworld. They believe that if, if um, not done right, then the spirit will return and would have to be sent back or stopped by ritual magic or forces. All right? So you got a a whole uh, bunch of occult stuff going on up in there. Um, But that's interesting also because they would bind the body. They would, you know, or, you know, um, put nails, I think it's nails or something like that, to securely make sure that body doesn't move. You know, so then now we go into the Nordic tradition that will remove the body feet first so that the dead person couldn't see who was in the house and beckon them or invite them into the underworld. Then they would seal the door that the person used to enter the house so that if the person came back, they wouldn't know how to enter the house, confusing the corpse. Um, It's kind of silly to me. But that's the tradition. This tradition continued in the 19th century and early 20th century in parts of Europe and the Americas. So here it is that, you know, every time, you know, just just to reiterate, they they take the body out foot first um, so they couldn't see. Uh, That's what they believed anyway. So um, another... Where, where is this now? It says coffins are bo- oh modern day and and you know since the adventures of coffins, coffins are bolted shut out of the belief that the dead might return to life. That's the reason we have bolts on our coffin. It makes no sense because to bolt the coffin because they're going to be put in six feet under. And the other other way it makes sense to me is because you know you have grave robbers and people that do crazy things within the cult where they come in and do things they dig up the bones and give it to um, whatever spirit they're, they're worshiping. So that's another thing. So uh, the belief has been around for thousands of years about a good death and a bad death. Uh, It's basically one of the foundations for a lot of horror movies. The good death means a person can cross over peacefully. The bad death means uh, the, the spirit is trapped. The person is, is trapped in the spirit realm here, in our realm. In, uh, sorry. Um, in some movies, it, it, it stays stays um, stays until the problem is resolved. 
by some occult means, you know, seance or whatever it is, you know. Right. This is the the spirit that always that's always angry and vengeful, sort of like a poltergeist, something like that. Um, so in legend, this same spirit is bound to the earth with an insatiable hunger. Another premise for this zombie phenomenon. And now, I guess, Rory, you want to share some Bible verses to let the people know. Um, yes, not, not not yet. Just uh, okay. Just to touch over some of the things that you you were saying. Um, All right. Very very important and very interesting. And you see. We even do these things today and don't know why we do them. That's, that's, what, that's what amazes me about how um, these folklores come down from one um, region of the world to another region, and it just keeps coming down, coming down, and people do it. Mm-hmm. The bolts on the coffin. But the thing, the, the, what's most amazing, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's what the Amen. Bible says. The dead will rise. So the, the bolts and all of those things will not hold them down. And that's something that um, people don't understand <laughs> when Christ called. The, the passage of Scripture that comes to mind um, for me for tonight and what you're talking about is John 11, where it talks about Lazarus coming from the dead. John 11, verse 1 to verse 44. And what happened in that particular passage of Scripture was Lazarus was dead. He died. He was sick and he died. And when he died, he had um, his, his sisters were concerned about him. They were really concerned about um, what's going to happen. But here's um, two takes on the story. One of the sisters, she was so concerned, she went and she met Jesus on his way back. Um, and you can read it for yourself. It's in John 11. She says, you know, hey, Lord, if you were here, if you were here, he would not, um, if you were here a couple of days earlier, he would not have died. But it doesn't matter. Jesus said, he is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I'm just going through and just, just giving you what happened. <clears throat> but here's the significant thing right here. Lazarus had died. Lazarus was in the tomb for three days. He was dead. But what's fascinating about the entire thing is that Jesus said, where is he? And she said, he's in the tomb. And he told the people to roll away the stone. The difference with Christ is, Jesus Christ, is he said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus come forth, and Lazarus came forth, and they had to take all the the grave clothes off of him. And people were, I'm quite sure people were scared and all this other stuff. But what it says in this particular scripture, it, it deals with a couple of things. That this mythological event that man has created in their mind, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and give you another one a little bit later on, okay? But All right. it says that Jesus was the only one that could have called him from the dead, so that we see that there's a distinction between life and death. 
okay? And the only person that's able to do that is Christ. And we're going to touch on a couple more after that. So that, that's just one that I wanted to touch on. Um, also in Scripture, we, we have several other passages in Scripture too, but I just wanted to touch on that. Is there anything else you want me to do right now? Well, um, I just want to talk about, you know, what you said right there, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead is a very important scripture in the Bible. And maybe, you know, if if if, if some people don't know, there are actually two Lazaruses recorded in the Bible, and I'm going to talk about the second one. But here we have Lazarus that was Jesus' friend, and Jesus wept over him as he came uh, there to raise him. And he called out Lazarus' name specifically because, remember, the, the word that, that Jesus speaks created the universe, created time, created matter, everything that we know as reality. So imagine if he just said, come forth. Maybe everybody that was there would have came forth. And that's just my supposition. Um, that's, that's the way I, I imagine if he, if he didn't just call out Lazarus's name, you know. But um, here we go. We talk about the other Lazarus, which is the poor man that... Right, the rich man and the poor man that died. Yeah. Lazarus was the poor man. The rich man was unnamed. And uh, Lazarus went to a- Abraham's bosom, which is the, the, the second the, 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 the part of the compartment of where um, Abraham's bosom is, is where the Old Testament saints went. And the hell is the other compartment where everybody that's an unbeliever um, goes. So anyway... Um, the, the passage you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about in Luke 19 to verse 31. Luke 16. Luke 16, 19 to 31. Oh, sorry. Luke 16. Sorry. Yeah. 19 to 31. All right. Correct. Yeah. So, so here it is. It says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At this gate <clears throat> was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with, with sores and longing to eat, with, um, eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his swords. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, or hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime, you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is com- uh, comforted here and you are in agony. And besides, besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. And he answered, Then I beg for you, Father, said Lazarus, to my family, for I have five brothers. Let them, um, let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. 
So here we mm. have a biblical scripture. This is the the foundation of, of our Christian faith and the, the the solid authority, the only authority we have when we when we talk about these subjects. Because here in scripture it says no one, basically no one is escaping hell. No one. There, there it's a place where there's no escape. It's torment, and um, you, you know you, you're there until the great white throne judgment. If you're an unbeliever, if you are, if you die in your sins, so all of this this mythological stuff, as we saw before, has to do with demons and angry spirits and so-called people that weren't buried right and blah blah blah, right? But here in the Bible, it's solid. It tells you there's no escape, you know, and it's not like uh, the idea of hell was foreign to some of the pagans. Exactly. Yeah, because they have hell in mythology. So um, that's just to to cover those two aspects right there. Uh, Jesus resurrects the dead. And as we know in Scripture, there will be uh, two resurrections. And you don't want to be caught in the second resurrection because that's for the sinful. So anyway, anything you would like to say about that, Roy? No, I, I um, you know, the, the, the two the two that we t- spoke about are so significant that because we see the only person that can call back is Jesus Christ. Call back someone from the dead. Like and, and like you rightfully said, if he had said, Come forth, probably all the dead would come forth. Mm-hmm. And the the other thing is that it, the the distinction is made that no one it is so far that no one can cross over and come back. So that also says to us that those that are trying to do this, when you see them on TV saying um, like they're crossing over or coming from the other side or doing, no, that is not, you're not talking to the person. You're talking to a familiar spirit. And that's the Bible warns about that. You know, and and the Bible warns about that. These things are all interconnected. And and this this is what we're about. We're about sharing the truth of God's word. And it's only him that has the power and the source to do that. Continue, my brother. Amen. All right, so um, now we'll go into the topic of cannibalism. And um, I didn't write down uh, too much about it because I have a clip. Because we know about cannibalism in this modern day. Um, And many people think that it doesn't even exist anymore, you know. Um, But it's been around for a very long time. But here, some cannibalistic rituals are hinged on the belief that if you eat a person's heart, brains, you know, especially the ancestors, that you will gain some type of lineage, knowledge, or power. Another aspect uh, is to honor or curse your enemy. To to, to do that, you you, you would eat their heart. So if the heart is in your digestive system, it, 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 it would curse your enemy, blah. You know, this it's ridiculous to me, but that's the tradition. Um, and what came out of this is a disease called the Kuru. So remember now, before I go into that, that a lot of these zombie movies are based on a viral outbreak and not so much the voodoo and, 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 and this other stuff, Right. 
I mean, some of them are, but but mainly the main source of some of these movies and video games and TV shows is the viral outbreak. And that's where it becomes a little more realer uh, or a little more real, but not in the way that you might think. So anyway, this Kuru disease outbreak in the 50s was caused by the eating of the brains. It caused spongy pockets of hair to form in the brain of the person eating it. And here's a quote from the United States National Library of Medicine. It says, Kuru is a very rare disease. It is caused by an infectious protein found in a contaminated human brain tissue. Kuru is found among people from New Guinea who practiced a form of cannibalism in which they ate the brains of dead people as part of the funeral ritual, end quote. So as we see, the, the, the traditional zombie of, of today um, is they run, they eat flesh, and they eat brain. You know, uh, if you if you go into any secular circle uh, of modern culture and you say brains, they'll know what you're talking about because that that was the, the one of the scary parts about the zombie phenomenon. So anyway, I want to play. Um, if you if you don't have anything to say about that, Rory, I want to play two clips. If no, go ahead. Say, go ahead. All right. So first, no, no, I'm going to play uh, something um, about Jeffrey Dahmer, and then I'm going to play uh, something about the disease we just talked about. So here we go. Another man driven by the hunger for human flesh brought the horror of zombies to life. In 1991, America's most notorious cannibal, Jeffrey Dahmer, told investigators he killed and ate his victims because he didn't want them to leave. Jeffrey Dahmer wanted complete power over the person, whether alive or dead. And cannibalizing body parts is a sign of total power over a person. In his quest for complete control over his victims, Dahmer not only ate them, he tried to turn them into real-life zombies. Dahmer would seduce men and bring them back to his house and then drill holes into their skulls and pour acid in. And what he was trying to do was create a zombie, create somebody whose mind was still there enough to function and keep them alive, but that they no longer had any element of choice. The fascination with Jeffrey Dahmer owes a lot to our fear of cannibalism, the ultimate depravity. All right, so, you know... This guy took these people into his place, drill holes, put acid in there. I don't know how all, all that works, but that's what he did, you know? And in, in fact, in the movie series about Hannibal Ector, which was a, a intelligent serial killer, in one of the, the uh, movie, movies, I think it was the third one, he had somebody at his table that had no control over themselves, and they had to basically do his bidding. Well, it's not just in zombie movies, you know. <laughs> Here, this Hannibal, and the Hannibal series is now on TV as a TV series. I've never watched it, but, you know, Hannibal was one of these figures where when you first hear about him, you're terrified, and but at the end of the movie, you kind of like him because they, they twist the story so much that, you know. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, were you there? You, I'm ready. I'm listening. Oh, uh, Loud and clear. Yeah. So, um, and and most people know about Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm thinking 
that he's the one that got saved? He got saved, right? And in prison? I don't think so. He was killed in prison. Jeffrey Dahmer. He was killed in prison? But before he was killed, he, he was, was saved. He was killed in prison. I am I not think sure. He, I think I'm, he got saved know. before he got killed, though. Um, okay. so, so anyway, yeah, he did get saved. He did get saved. Yeah, so he okay. didn't die in his sin. So that's just to go to show that, um, you know, God will forgive you for anything. Is the reason why one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up too, because Jeffrey Dahmer was a notorious serial killer and uh, is actually a homosexual too. But you know, not to pick out different sins, but you know, it's just that's that was the characteristic characteristic of this guy. So anyway, going back to the uh, infectious diseases, let's take a look. At one right here. All right. To this day, ritual cannibalism still occurs in isolated areas of Papua New Guinea. One tradition involves eating the brains of deceased relatives. But in the 1950s, that practice led to the outbreak of a mysterious contagion. Certain tribes that practiced cannibalism later developed a disease called Kuru, which caused um, spongy pockets of air to form in the brain. They'll also become increasingly confused, potentially delirious, sometimes lose uh, touch with reality. All of those things sound at least somewhat consistent with the zombies that we see on the, on the screen. They called this disease the shivers, or Kuru. Research eventually discovered that Kuru came from eating brains infected with prions. A prion is a really creepy contagion. When they get into your brain, they essentially turn your brain to Swiss cheese. So prions are terrifying in part because we don't quite understand how they work. Prions are an infection unlike anything else known to man. The most well-known prion is mad cow disease, which transfers to humans when the victim consumes infected meat, leaving them in a helpless, zombie-like state. A brain ravaged by mad cow disease will have certain elements of the zombie brain. They have myoclonic jerks. They will eventually become atastic, uncapable to walk so well. They'll also become increasingly confused, potentially delirious. When we start thinking about the various potential contagions that could lead to a zombie disease, Pines has got to be near the top of the list. We can be infected by prions. And they produce zombie-like symptoms in their victims. Could these deadly brain-chewing prions unleash a zombie plague? All right, so that's there. We we're talking about diseases. We're going to go a little further into well, the, well, the well, hold on a minute, Chris. Yeah. One of the things I also, I, I must say, um, because of, yes, the, the when I, when you started out and we were talking, the first thing that came to mind is mad cow disease. And we find out it's similar to mad cow disease um, that uh, was, I think it was in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, they were actually taking the the spinal fluid as well as the brain and either cooking it and then grinding it and putting it, mixing it back into the feed for the cow and the the cow would ingest it, and they would develop mad cow disease, and then it would also be passed on to the human being because they had as a meat. Now, right. whenever you have any one of these things that happen in society, they take it, and it's actually studied. It's actually studied because it can be used. It can be very useful in the evil sense. 
huh, we have to look at this. Um, let's let's just call it this disease and see if we can use it, um, uh, mass produce it for maybe a chemical weapon or right. a biological weapon, not a chemical, a biological weapon. It seems far-fetched, but but it's not. But, and these are the things that men do because men's heart is just desperately wicked. Continue, my brother. Okay. All right, so um, we got we got to look back at, at, at some of the plagues of the pla- of the past, and we have the the Black Death or the Black Plague, and this plague is already making a, a resurgence. It's, it's coming back, but it's not coming back like it did. It, it, it's not as bad as it was before, but it's it's, it's there. It's around. It's there in the world right now. Uh, but, but back then, it killed 100 million people, right? And, you know, some, some people, the reason why we have to talk about this is because, again, we're going to get into some areas where people are actually frightened of a zombie apocalypse. I mean, they really think this is going to happen ASAP, okay? But here, again, we have another one called the Spanish flu that killed 50 million people in less than three years. And it's also known as the avian flu or H1N1 or influenza. And recent outbreaks like SARS, and as we talked about, mad cow disease, the return of the black plague, and the recent one, Ebola. In fact, Ebola, um, there were conspiracy theories going around. And, and the reason why I'm calling it conspiracy theory because there was no actual facts brought to life by by um, alternative media or mainstream media that this could have turned out to be some type of zombie apocalypse. That's why I'm saying conspiracy theory. Um, well, well, you know, but, you know, when um, <laughs> you even said that, and then I, I, I had uh, an opportunity to, to mm. share a, a few minutes with someone I spoke to yesterday, okay. and, and not only just yesterday, but also. Um, there were, I have a clip that I I can't play it tonight, but I have a clip, <laughs> and it's from the gentleman that was helped, or the person that helped to set up these facilities that they study these diseases um, in various countries. And um, what they actually did, they were actually able to mix um, Ebola with a strain of the, uh, I think it was influenza. So by sneezing, right. you're able to pass it. That's right. what has been done. Right, and, and, and that's true. It was just damage control that was being done. Yeah, and and there was a lot of stuff that went on in that whole uh, Ebola outbreak thing that, you know, it just, you know, the topic's not tonight, but there's a lot of things we could talk about with that, especially what was going on in Africa and the... Uh, the, the bases they set up over there to have this thing um, outbreak. But the, the point I'm, I'm getting at here is that many people thought that this was going to be the zombie apocalypse. That is my whole point for that, uh, because it was spreading so fast. And, of course, the, the, um, the symptoms were kind of zombie-like, but not the the eating of people and all these other things. So anyway, um, those are the recent things that have been going on, and there are many diseases out there 
that that can cause um, a pandemic. And of course, something will happen eventually. Some some somewhere down the line. Uh, it's just that's just if you look into the Book of Revelations, a lot of things. Revelation, a lot of things happen. Um, you know, a lot of things happen. Animals dying off, vegetation, this that. So uh, those they, things they, they are yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those things started but, happening. Oh, definitely. We, we should talk about animals dying off like crazy because it happens. Right. Thousands of them are dying off by the month. But um, I don't want to get too far into that, you know. So now we're gonna go back and 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 play another uh, clip about the in 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 this. basically this is diseases and the real life zombie outbreak model from one of the colleges. Okay, here we go. SARS. Mad cow disease, the West Nile virus. They proved less dangerous than first feared, and they have helped prepare us for the next and perhaps more horrifying outbreak. It's been West Nile virus. There's been H1N1. There's been the SARS virus. There's been mad cow disease. These bugs have seemingly come out of nowhere, have gotten a lot of press, and because of that, we've gotten better at recognizing the early warning signs and being able to distinguish them from all the other things that make people sick. That would be essential for recognizing an early outbreak of the zombie plague. Scientists have begun using the model of a zombie plague as a way of studying pandemics. Their conclusions are not exactly comforting. A, a group of biomathematicians at uh, Carleton University in Canada who normally study pandemics created a very sophisticated linear programming model to see what would happen if in fact you had these kinds of zombies. And their conclusion was rather dire. They decided that unless the zombies were wiped out at a very early stage in their development, human civilization as we know it would be wiped out. Can science save us? When it comes to diseases, it seems like our best hope. But what if science is not enough? It's interesting how in there he says, uh, can science save us? You know, uh, man is always looking for man to save it, uh, man to save them. And, and and our Bible teaches that we only have one savior. You know, because you know, a, lot, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these uh, outbreak uh, movies and things like that, you know, you know they, they don't, they, they always it's always people getting it right in the nick of time. That's that's a fantasy. It's, it takes a while to develop a cure for some of these things, you know. And even now they don't have cures for for certain things, especially even the black plague. But anyway, you know, Jesus Christ came to save us from this world. This you know came to save us from hell and and you know death, the consequences of of sin. And man is continually looking to itself to save itself, you know. And so it was, that was just very interesting. Uh, but you see that the scientists are looking at um, break models, which are, are computerized, and, and to, to, to study pandemics. That was very interesting to me because, I mean, this is something that uh, most of us would see as fictional, right? And yet... But it, it, just, it just goes to show you, it, Chris, it just goes to show you that why would someone would like to study that? What? Why would you have to study the the way it's going to spread? Because it's what you think it's real or it's 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 fake. 
Exactly. Like, it's what, real. What do they actually believe? Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we, we're going to go into a topic now that is real life. And it has to do with, you know, real life zombie looking attacks. I'm not saying these people are zombies. I'm not saying that the wa- the dead will be walking among us. We already, we already told you that this is not what the Bible te- teaches. But here we had we had an incident uh, a couple a few years back where a man did something to another man, and it was pretty gross. So I'm going to play that clip right now before we go into some of the other occult aspects uh, that we'll talk about. But here we go with this one. May 26, 2012, the day the world discovered that zombies could be for real. The man is fighting for his life after he was reportedly attacked and his face half-eaten by a naked man. When police arrived on this truly bizarre scene, they say they were forced to open fire on the alleged attacker. An officer did discharge his weapon, striking uh, one of the individuals. On Miami's MacArthur Causeway, Rudy Eugene attacked 65-year-old homeless man Ronald Popo. Naked and growling, Eugene chewed off chunks of Popo's face before being shot to death by police. Sources say a single bullet was not enough to stop the man from attacking the other's face. They say the cops had to fire several shots to finally stop that man. Previously known as good-natured, Eugene had no convictions for violence, was not a hard drug user. Yet, he was shot to death while ripping the flesh off his victim's face. Professor Daniel Dresner of Tufts University, author of theories of international politics and zombies, believes this is more than just another violent attack. Well, the news report suggested that someone in Miami seemed to be acting crazy, started eating the face off of another human being. You've got someone who seems to crave human flesh and was not necessarily brought down immediately by gunshots. That sets off the zombie alarm bells. I think there's something that we're not entirely being told about the zombie attacks, specifically the one in Miami. When a being turns and growls at somebody who's just shot them and goes back to eating, um, that's a red flag for me. And he didn't stop until he was shot in the head. I really believe that this would uh, certainly qualify as a zombie attack. And with all the other stuff that happened, certainly could be the precursor for uh, a zombie apocalypse. After the Miami incident, outbreaks of flesh-eating attacks spiral, and suddenly zombies are on everyone's radar, even Harvard scientists. In a very short space of time, there's been a number of very violent attacks. Investigators say 21-year-old college student Alexander Kinua killed his roommate, then ate his heart and parts of his brain. And the press referred to them as zombie-like attacks. That's because the behavior of these attacks reminded the reporters of the behavior that we understand to be zombie behavior. At least three cases of flesh-eating across the southern United States. Cops say a man in Louisiana attacked his neighbor. During the attack, the suspect bit a chunk of the victim's face off. Reports of frenzied cannibalistic attacks have now gone global. 
Could it be a mysterious plague spreading across the world from Miami to Canada, from Sweden to China? What the hell was that? That's one of the biggest incidents that happened recently. Um, it's, it's wow. a, it's, when it happened, uh, a lot wow. of people were thinking zombie, 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 zombie. You know, as, as you saw on the clip. Uh, but in, I, you know, <laughs> I, I was actually in the local area, right down the street, working when it happened. And um, many people in the office got scared. They really thought that more of this, more people like him would show up on the scene immediately because they, their brain has been injected with fantasy. Exactly. There's so many movies and video games and, and you name it that has this in it. So, you know, as I was telling somebody um, a few days ago that, you know, when you put this stuff in your head, you know, God doesn't want us to have a spirit of fear. We watch these horror movies. We watch this uh, this stuff that give us give us nightmares. It causes us to have some type of mental trauma, and we our our minds think it's real. And so it's just like watching a scary uh, Friday the Thirteenth or, some, or something like that. And you know now you're afraid of turning off the light or a person walking in the woods. Or, you know stuff like that. And and our fear. Is, is even heightened more when we see an incident that replicates, not replicates, but uh, is similar to a movie or a TV show that we've watched. Well, well, you know, um, Chris, um, when I when I saw this, uh, when we even heard about this, um, um, they're right in the clip because more and more people started started using this thing that this young man was using. And he um he uh just um the the girl that testified or his girlfriend, I remember watching that clip said, Well we, we got up in the morning and we read the Bible and da 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 and before you know it, this is how by midday this guy was just gone. And um so there are these I w I'm gonna say drugs but they're made in a lab to give an effect that it's much more severe than the regular drug. In other words, people are chasing a, a higher high. Yeah. And um, there's another clip that I, I am, I, um, my dear brother's going to play called Bad Thoughts. And you will see, we're just going to play a few minutes of it, and you'll see how, you'll hear someone describing how these people just totally lose control of themselves, and they're seeing things that we don't see under that drug. Go ahead and play, Chris. Um, one moment before we that. Um, okay. Just because you went right into it, the next subject, and that's basically drugs. And uh, it, it has to be talked about. One, because that's what uh, some people are using to get into some of these um, incidents. And it also goes along with what um, practitioners of the occult do to do what they do, you know, uh, contact spirits, um, summon this, summon that, or control somebody. Um, 
and it's very relevant uh, even in alchemy drugs are used you know so uh if people have a see all all the we we got have so many segments of uh, of what the ingredients are for this whole thing you know we have the occult we have mythology we have cannibalism and all these things so just to to to, to give you a a full understanding just keep those things in mind because here it is um we have a clip like Rory said that we're going to play here about some recent attacks that had to do with drugs and and it's very important to pay attention there we go firearms instructor matthew oki lives with his family just an hour's drive from the site of the miami zombie attack He's determined to uncover the truth behind the flesh-eating nightmare. Seems like this would have been the perfect place to try it, something. And, you know, all hysteria breaks loose and and people panic. A week goes by and nobody even talks about it anymore. I think it's very plausible that some government agency uh, could be testing some kind of new drug. Could be testing, uh, you know, not necessarily a virus, but a drug. A crazed conspiracy theory, not according to Professor of Political Science Daniel Dresner. One possible source of a zombie outbreak would be if the government had in fact developed a drug uh, that could in fact turn people from living human beings into zombies. The thing in Miami looks like one of those incidents that bubble up that the government didn't intend to become public. I believe a week after the Miami attack, um, the phrase zombie apocalypse started spiking on Google. And it got to be so bad that, in fact, the Centers for Disease Control had to issue a public statement saying we are not aware of any zombie epidemic at this time. If it isn't an epidemic, then what is causing this wave of alleged cannibalistic attacks? There's a new hazardous drug with a harmless-sounding name, bath salts. Police departments around this country are dealing with a surge of people abusing the synthetic drug with appalling consequences. <laughs> Police say he's under the influence of a cheap, easily attainable drug known on the streets as bath salt. It's been suggested in the press that many of these attacks have been driven by the attackers ingesting bath salts. Now, what are bath salts? They're not the things you put in your bath to have a perfumey experience. They're a street term for a group of illicit substances of drugs that people take and create a sense of rage. When you look at people who are high on bath salts, they seem to be disconnected from the kind of violence that they may be engaging in. They're bad, aren't they? Oh, they're real bad. But then it turns out that some of these attacks seem not to be associated with bath salts at all. So it leaves us wondering, what are other explanations for this behavior? So, you know, there's the, the bat salt. The bat salt. What's your name? Okay. The, the so, of, hello, Chris. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the so, use, use of yeah, that, that, that was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, the uses of that drug is getting more prevalent, too. So, yeah, but you would think that knowing the outcome, people would back away from it. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah, and they're like you said, they're looking for a, higher a different high. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, one I wanted to, to play next. Um, 
um, along the same lines. Chris, uh, it's going to be for a few mm-hmm. minutes. So if you want me to go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What's your name? People can have psychotic episodes, screaming at demons only they see, dangers only they feel. Dude, you turn at him. You turn at him, look. You turn at people. They can get violent, lashing out at themselves or at strangers, picking fights with parked cars. Damaging property. He's dangerous, though. He is. They're often oblivious to the risks they take, climbing barefoot under a high bridge, rolling around, literally rolling around in traffic on a busy street. The drug makes the heartbeat accelerate so high, the internal body temperature sizzles, so stripping seems like the best way to cool off. Who knows what inner impulse then makes somebody want to jump between cars. The inaptly named drug bath salts is suspected of being behind all of these strange and scary incidents. Did you take the whole bottle of salts? Although bath salts is the main name, there's lots of other slang for the drug. Everything from bubbles to bonsai fertilizer. It's made with scads of harmful synthetic chemicals, most often MDPV, short for something pretty unpronounceable. The federal government banned these ingredients in July of 2012, but all a manufacturer has to do to circumvent the law is tweak a few molecules to get an entirely new formula, so it's still out there. The U.S. Navy got so concerned about it, this video was made to warn their personnel about the danger. But what would a smart, pretty, talented young woman know about one of the scariest drugs around? Did you ever think that you would become addicted to bath salts? Not in a million years. I never thought that any drug would ever be able to overcome every aspect of my life the way that bath salts did. And a privileged life at that. Two years ago, 21-year-old Hannah Gross was a happy, normal college student. She was raised by loving grandparents she calls and considers her mom and dad. What was Hannah like before she got into bath salts? Oh, gosh. Uh, Well, every parent thinks their kid's just great, but she really was very sweet, very gentle. Everybody loved her. Her grandparents adopted Hannah when their daughter, Rachel, gave birth at age 16. Mother and daughter grew up more like sisters. After Rachel moved to Colorado, Hannah visited her for about a month. That's when they started using bath salts together. At the time, the drug was legal and readily available there, at every place from head shops to gas stations. What did you think when you first started using it? I just thought of it as almost like buying an energy drink, or sometimes in gas stations they have like the vitamin packs or the energy packs, something like that, because that's how it felt at first, just a stimulant that gives you energy. How much does the drug cost? Um, I was paying $20 a gram for it. And one gram would last you? Usually a day. Did you ever ask Hannah if she was using drugs? Yes, she denied it absolutely denied it. Um, She admitted in the past that she had tried a few things. She's always been open before about the few things they had tried with friends, and she's always, always, this is the hard part, she's always been so totally honest before this. 
how quickly addicting is it? Pretty quickly. Basically, from when I first started, I had to have it every day, even though it was changing my life and my brain. It's like a personalized hell for, you know, for whoever you are, a specified individual hell just for you. By the time she returned home from her Colorado visit, Hannah was hooked, and it was horrible, starting with paranoia and ramping up to hearing voices and having vivid hallucinations. I thought I'd been abducted by aliens. I am... Voices told me I had spiders in the back of my throat, and I would see them, and at one point I thought I was turning into a giant spider. Um, I felt that I had bugs in my skin, and I had to get them out. I would get a flashlight and look in the back of my throat and see spiders walking around back there, and they would only bite me, and I would feel them bite me, if I would try to remove them. There were visuals I would get that were so grotesque. They're like nothing I could ever even think up or nothing I've seen in a movie. It felt very demonic, very evil, sinister. You know, she's... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like um, one of those drugs I've seen in the... Um, fictional drugs that I've seen in some of these uh, movies, that, uh, TV shows that I've been researching, where the person sees basically their, their, their fear, their biggest fear. You know, um, Chris, one of the things that uh, the young lady said is that they would just buy it in the gas station. <laughs> Something that her and her mom would just go buy. Yeah, and that's crazy. And this is how people um, are, are getting hooked on this stuff. And the things are so potent that she's seeing this and doing this. And not only that, what it does to the body, you know, just, mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's just, it's scary actually. Just to think that somebody would put themselves through that time and time again, and that just lets you know that, that addiction, addiction is is one of these things that some people won't understand unless they've been through some type of addiction, you know, and the habit forming addiction, whether it be alcohol or crack or this bad sauce or you know, you name it. Uh, it's dangerous. It, this is this is a, the, the the craziness that people put themselves through, and you wonder what's wrong with them, you know. But this is also spiritual because exactly you know God exactly. tells you to be sober, to stay sober, because you know you 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 don't want to one open yourself up to the spirit realm as far as the the evil spirits, and two. You want to be able to give a testimony when you walk, you know, when you're living your life. Um, So, you know, for you to put yourself on these uh, mind-altering drugs, it's a dangerous thing to play with, whether spiritual or physical or or whatever the ramifications are from the usage. So, you know, it's just... It just goes to show you how how warped our society is and, and... um, yeah, I remember when I was in college, they would say marijuana is a gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gateway to other drugs. And now right. um, these things are being legalized. Yeah. So what was evil is now becoming good. So how do you know? For 20 years ago, you would say something is totally illegal. To today, you say, no, well, 
in certain states they're saying, hey, it's okay. And yeah. now people are, are are chasing this thing using marijuana, um, spraying it with road spray, doing just different crazy things to get a high. Yeah. So no one yeah. wants to stay in reality or deal with reality. They want to have right. a, an altered state of mind. And they do it either legally or illegally. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know. And, you know, I, I guess now we can talk about the next aspect of this whole zombie apocalypse uh, issue. So there's a book out called The Zombie Survival Guide. And I forgot who wrote it, but anyway, it's a popular book. And in there, they have a, a fictional drug called selenium. Sel- it's basically the, the zombie virus drug. And people put it up on, on YouTube to make it look like it's some real thing. But other people have pointed out that it's not. So I just wanted to put that aspect in, in, in there because of the next series of things that we're going to talk about. Um. The Zombie Survival Guide, and this guy, he, I think his name is um, Clive Owen. I want to, I want to really, sorry, sorry that I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, um, he goes, he does lectures and 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 teaches people how to survive a zombie apocalypse or any other uh, outbreak, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you get your water, you get your so, you know your weapons, your melee weapons, and all. I think his, oh my gosh, I think his name is um, Max Brooks. Max Brooks, yeah. So anyway, you actually have several of them that are out there. I don't remember their names, but a lot of people there. You know, there's a show called Preppers, where they're doing the same thing, and you have these guys that go around and they make thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars making bonkers for people and, and giving these seminars. And people yeah. really are into it. Yeah. Continue, my brother. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting that people are actually preparing. And now I know there are people out there that are preparing for financial collapse. They're preparing for disease outbreak, they're preparing for this, they're preparing for that. And and in, in, in one aspect, there's nothing wrong with preparing for, say, a hurricane <clears throat> or a natural disaster. I mean, it's just, you know, you want to protect your family. You want to, um, when the lights are for a week or two, you want to have enough food, water, and electrical supplies or whatever else, right? Nothing wrong with that. But some people are taking it so far to where God isn't in the picture at all and their hearts aren't right with God their their whole aspect of this whole preparedness is what I'm going to do for me, my survival, my family survival, and that's just it. It's that you you won't find God in, in some of their, you know, there's there's Christians out there that do um, preparedness and stuff like that, um, and they know their position with God. But there's others that are unsaved or saved that are not really looking at the reality of what's coming. Um, According to the Book of Revelation and um, you know the, the prophecies that have, that have been written. So anyway, we're gonna play a clip here from a zombie preparer. Here we go. 
The preppers see the attacks as an ominous sign of impending doom. They claim they know what's coming and are preparing for the apocalypse. Zombie prepper Matthew Oki is a firearms instructor and lives with his wife and two kids in Homestead, Florida. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. I do believe there is a ever-growing concern that something is on the horizon. Something is coming, something is building up. Well, I'm just loading up all the stuff that I need when I go to the range to go and practice. Well, self-protection is the culmination of everything we do. I would have no compunction whatsoever to do whatever is necessary to protect myself or my family. If a, any type of zombie attack was imminent, yeah, we could be out of the house in 10, 15 minutes real quick, load up the, the necessary items and be on our way. In a zombie apocalypse of the future, scientists predict the first attacks will be isolated. The true seriousness of the threat is not recognized. But as more and more fall victim, panic spreads. People try to leave the cities. Many don't make it out. Patty Heffernan is committed to the prepper cause. She believes the biggest threat to her family is a zombie apocalypse. Look at the ball. Zombies absolutely terrify me. The thoughts that I have play in almost every part of my life, yeah. Um, it, it played into the house that I bought in making sure that, you know, I have a, I have a safe haven for my kids. <laughs> Even my daughter knows that we only shoot zombies in the head. The moment someone gets bit and were to be infected, I guess for me it would depend on who the person was. If my husband were to be infected, it would be really hard to deal with, but I know, you know, as long as I have my kids, I could still go on. I don't have words to express what they mean to me. Car. I certainly would hate to have to be the one to pull the trigger. Yeah. So, ain't that interesting? You know? Wow. Ain't that interesting? Wow, no. But what about Jesus Christ? He's coming back. He sure is. And, and these these are these are the days we're talking about. These are the days where I, I would have never thought I would have seen a, a person preparing for a zombie apocalypse. You know, I can see pandemic. I, I get that. But zombies, really? This sort of thing? Wow. The, 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 one, you're, no, no matter what the outbreak is, you're not guaranteed survival. Because here, people are, people are, are preparing um, for this sort of thing based on the knowledge they have from zombie movies, based on exactly what what they think exactly. the reality will be if that were to happen, right? So. What what reality? The only reality that they have within the mix of that is just the, the thing they they've collected to to do this in the, the, the time frame to leave the house and, and do this and do that, you know. Because here it goes. I was watching a, an interesting um, piece of documentary where the person was saying, um, if you think that you're going to go from 
your population where you are now and go out into the wilderness and just survive just out of your wisdom that you think you have about that area, you're going to be dead quickly. Because in order to actually go out there and do that, you have to go and do that. You have to go and do that before anything happens. Because then you know the land, you know where to go, you know where to set up whatever this and that, that and the other. And, you know, it's not always your firearm isn't always going to be the thing that will protect you from, say, wild, wild animals. You know, a bear could, you could shoot a bear more than once and it won't die, you know. So it's just, it's just the, 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 some of the mindset that's behind it. Um, some of it is practical. Some of the, some of it is stupid. Uh, yeah, I use the word stupid, but it's it's just it's, it's how I feel about it. It's just it, zombies. I mean, the, the the biggest thing that this person fears is the undead, as as they look at it, it's dead people coming back to life. <clears throat> and well, you know, you know, you know, Chris. Um, yeah. You, you you already hit the nail on the head by saying that you see how powerful movies can be. You see how powerful what you let into your mind can be. It literally changes the way the person thinks. That's exactly. how powerful that is. Yeah. You know, what's an interesting thing, um, sometimes we'll joke around in my house and we'll be like, you know, if, if that was actually happened, I would be the first to go because, you know, I'm lacking some exercise here, you know, because, you know, if that if the way that is portrayed in the movies, you need you need to be physically fit to actually run from something that long and continually do it day by day, just like in The Walking Dead. In The Walking Dead TV show, these people are never safe. There's always a threat around the corner, whether it's one of them or a thousand of them. So just in that aspect, it's just some some of it is just ridiculous. And in fact. Um, the, the documentary I was watching, he said, rather than going out into the into population or into this or that, you're actually better safer boarding up your house and staying in there because what if it, if it's a pandemic, then you won't go outside and catch the disease, and then you know that the the um, the responders won't have to worry about you because you're in you're you're not getting in the way. So anyway, there is uh, another clip that going along with, with this that I want to play. Uh, in a couple seconds here, and here we go. St. Louis, Missouri. One group is taking action ahead of time. Meet the Zombie Squad. The Zombie Squad is an organization that was started as a group of friends who were willing to zombie movies and like to talk about how they could survive better than the characters in the movies. And it turned into a discussion of real life skills that you would need to survive. The Zombie Squad's message is simple. The lone a major disaster, and it's going to take a community. You're much better off if you have a group of people around you who you're friends with, you work well with, you have a relationship with. The Zombie Squad isn't about taking out zombies. They organize canceled collections and blood drives for the Red Cross. We have them. We go out have a little bit of a rocket, but at the same time, we're catching people that just want to build the community, get to know your neighbors. If you already have a group of like-minded people, you're going to have a better chance of surviving. At first, not everyone is able to take the zombie squad seriously, including members of local government. I was like, what? They're dressed like zombies? Is this Halloween? The zombie squad training providing excellent material for 
our thinking on how we can build the fabric of community in different ways. Our belief really is that you prepare for zombies, a tornado really isn't that big of a deal. An earthquake is something you can prepare for. The people responsible for saving us during a catastrophe have started taking the zombie squad seriously. This is a zombie squad has helped us out with our training for the regional SWAT team. They have come out and played the roles of suspects and victims. The higher the stress level in training, the better they're going to react in real world. So as realistic as we can make it, the better. What began as an online community in St. Louis has expanded into a worldwide organization with 28 chapters and 20,000 active members. We've got authors and movie producers and scientists and geophysicists and the military and they're all coming together to make this great resource of information. Not everyone who joins the zombie squad believes the zombie apocalypse is around the corner. But everyone does believe we need to be prepared for the next catastrophe, whatever it may be. And if the dead should rise, well, then maybe groups like the zombie squad are tipping the odds in humanity's favor. Our hope is that in, in times of crisis, that enough people will rise and show their better quality. They'll be the ones to stand up, take a stand against the zombies, but also against the human predators. If there are enough of them, they may be the rallying points for our counterattack and our ultimate survival. Zombies present the greatest threat to civilization we can imagine. But if we prepare for the unthinkable, we can be prepared for the inevitable. Will we heed the warnings of history? Or are we doomed to a fate worse than death? <laughs> yeah, fate worse than death, right? Wow. <laughs> It's Chris, it's the same thing that I was saying before, is that can you imagine how people's beliefs are shaped just by what they see and what mm-hmm. they hear, yeah. what they listen to? Correct. And these people are dressing up like zombies to go teach about whatever, uh, survival. Yeah. And and that's not even the end of it. That's Those are just the two clips you know, but let's just uh, you know hover over that for a second. You know, uh, the 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 person that they have narrating, you know, says a worse a, a fate worse than death. And as we looked in the Bible, you know, what what other fate is worse than separation from God, mm. eternal mm. fire, you know, worms mm. that don't die, blackness. Uh, depression uh, that that no one that, that can imagine, you know, and then taken out, getting taken out from hell to the white throne judgment, and then being judged by God, a righteous judge, to get thrown right into the lake of fire. What's worse than that? You know, people fear death so much that they'll do anything yep. to ev- evade it. Absolutely. And when, when the ultimate price is your soul, yeah, saved, are you, are you, you know, are you is that that's the ultimate preparation, being saved. You know, a tornado can come in any state because, you know, as 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 we ramp up into the end time, the, the catastrophes are happening in places they shouldn't be happening in. And happening very fast, and happening a lot faster. Very fast, yes. And so it's just interesting how, you know, what people are doing out there in the world 
to you know prepare out from this um off of this concept of zombie apocalypse so here we have um the uh i'm sorry here the article it says um this is from 2012 and it says zombie apocalypse training drill organized by halo corp for military police set for October 31st in San Diego. And I watched the video from this. <clears throat> and what, what it basically was is they, they had a whole bunch of people dressed up as zombies, you know, cause they're doing a drill and they're, they're firing fake, uh, you know, um, fake bullets and stuff like that. And it was kind of gross actually, <laughs> because they, they had the make the good makeup artists, you know, showing there, they had limbs and, you know, just just gross stuff. But it was a real drill. And like we said last week, they're preparing for something. It's interesting that they're preparing for a zombie apocalypse. I don't buy too much into that. But as we said before, also, something is going to happen. Uh, but are you going to be spiritually prepared for it? Uh, here it goes. It says, uh, there is a very real exercise this is not some type of big costume party, said Brad uh, Barker, president of Halo Corp, a security firm hosting the October 31st training demonstration during the summit at a 44-acre Paradise Point resort island on San Diego Bay. Everything that, this is a quote, everything that will be simulated at this event has already happened. It has just happened all at once on the same night. But the training is very real. It just happens to be the bad guys we're having a little fun with. It says hundreds of military law enforcement and medical personnel will, um, sorry, observe the Hollywood-style production of a zombie attack as part of the emergency response training. In the scenario, a VIP and his uh, personal detail are trapped in a village surrounded by zombies when a bomb explodes, the VIP is wounded and his team must move through the town while dodging bullets and shooting back at the uh, invading zombies. At one point, some members of the team are bit by zombies and must be taken to a field medical facility for decontamination and treatment. Uh, this is a, another quote. He says, no one knows what the zombies will do in our scenario, but quite frankly, no one knows what a terrorist will do. Baker said, if a law enforcement officer sees it and says, oh, boy. <laughs> get your hands in the air, what's the zombie going to do? He's going to moan at you. If someone on PCP or some other psychotic drug is told that the truth, uh, told the truth is he's not going to react to you. So I messed up something right there, but you, you get the point. Uh, so, and it goes on, you know. Um, it says, no doubt when a zombie apocalypse occurs, it's going to be a federal incident. So we're making it happen, Baker said. Since word got out about the exercise, they've had calls from every whack job on, uh, in the world. And whether the U.S. government is really preparing for a zombie event. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it says um, <laughs> called, <laughs> called zombie apocalypse. The exercise follows the federal 
Centers for Disease Control and Prevention campaign launched last year that urged Americans to get ready for a zombie apocalypse as part of a catchy public health message about the importance of emergency preparedness. Um, it also says that, uh, and, I, and I actually went to the CDC page, and, and it's called, um, sorry, here, let me get, bring this up. I think it's called Zombie Apocalypse 101. And you could go and read that um, on their website. Yeah, no, sorry, it's called Preparedness 101, Zombie Apocalypse, Public Health. But it's not, it's like they said, they use it, they're using it as a gimmick to um, bring awareness of preparedness. Uh, but people are actually buying into the, the, the fact that this is uh, this could be a reality. Uh, it says here the Homeland Security Department jumped on board last month telling citizens if they're prepared for a zombie attack. They'll be ready for real-life disasters like a hurricane, pandemic, earthquake, or terrorist attack. A few suggestions were similar to a few of the 33 rules for dealing with zombie popularized in the 2009 movie Zombieland, which included always carry uh, a a change of underwear and when in doubt, know your way out. So they're using things from the movies. So anyway, it says um, that uh, San Diego-based Halo Corp, founded uh, by former military special ops and intelligence personnel, personnel, has been hosting the annual counterterrorism summit since 2006. The five-day Halo counterterrorism summit is an approved training event by the Homeland Security Grant Program and the Urban Area Security Initiative, which provides funds for to pay for the, the, the coursework and everything from the battleground tactics to combat wounds uh, to cybersecurity. The summit has a $1,000 registration fee and runs October 9th to November 2nd. Wow. And and it has a little bit more, but, you know, you, you I read the important parts uh, according to what we're talking about tonight. So, you know, it's just really interesting. I, I, Chris, I, I can't help but I'm, I'm just amazed. <laughs> I'm amazed at uh, to see how people are just just lost. Yeah. Just being there yeah. straight. And the yeah. things that are supposed to be real, they're not following. Right. The, the, the whole thing now, you know, it's, it, it just interests me. That the, the, the military is involved in Homeland Security and CDC, possibly FEMA. You know, it's just really interesting that, that they would use something like this to bring an awareness for preparedness. But the thing is also that they use actual people dressed up in zombie costumes. And, and you know, the, the, the height of this whole thing. It's really interesting because I watched a couple of the um, the casting uh, for the Walking Dead show, and people are are they're waiting in line to be dressed up as a zombie to act in these wow. movies, and, and it's just it's just like a it's like if you ever seen a Comic Con crowd, yeah, with you know superheroes and stuff. Just think of a zombie crowd when it comes to the casting calls for some of these um, movies and um, TV shows. But what can we say? We've laid it all out. We've laid it out to where 
you can have a full understanding of where this idea comes from. Because I'm I'm pretty sure some people listened to our program and thought that oh well they're they're going to talk about the military experiments and the <laughs> and the this and the that you know we're giving you things that we can actually prove things that came from the occult from uh, um, legend and and what's going on today people are taking drugs to heighten their awareness and and they go and do yeah. crazy things you know. You see a mother that would eat her baby. That's demonic. It's demonic. Yeah. You know, these people are not just crazy. There's a spiritual tie to everything we do. Exactly. You know? And I'm not saying that around the corner there's a demon everywhere you go. But if you look at what people are doing, it's demonic. You go into the Bible and you see people cutting themselves. That's happening today. And in fact, there was, um, I talked last week about Return of the Living Dead, right? Well, I think uh, in one of the, not think, but I know, in one of the series of this movie franchise, it came to the point where this, this one girl was turned into a zombie, but to fight off the zombie turning, she would cut herself to, so she won't feel the urge to eat somebody and cut and put glass in her body. Oh, just weird things. And that, that was my and first that, time. That, and that, that's even um, demonic. Mm. Yeah. That shows a kind of possession. Yeah. And, and this was years ago that I watched this, uh, you know, before I even knew Christ. And um, I found it, I, in, in, my, in my spirit, I just felt something was wrong about this. And, of course, years later, I found out about the, the cutting of the body and what it means, and you know. So, and that's in the Bible, right? So people, you know, just to understand that the spiritual component of this is what makes this the loving of this so dangerous. And exactly. and as we talk about, <clears throat> go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Finish no, up your I, and I'll say what I. The, I just wanted to 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 mm-hmm. say to people, especially this year. A lot of people are going to these costume parties, these haunted houses that are set up. Um, yeah. And you have your Walking Dead, you have your this, you have your that. And people just want to be scared out of their wits for some mm-hmm. reason or the other. What's yeah. that all about? Yeah. It, it, that, no. what, this is going back to what we just talked about with the drugs. It's the same reason why yeah. people go on 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 um, thrill thrill seeking, where they jump off of cliffs, bungee jumping, these things. It's that it gives them a yeah. high. It 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 gives them a high, and they tell you that. You go look up, you know, anybody that's listening, you go look up on YouTube, and and some of these thrill seekers, they'll tell you that it gives them a rush, and it's the same thing when you go and get scared. But that fear, I'm not talking about the thrill seekers. I'm talking about the people going to get scared. It opens you up. It's one of the things that opens you up. And I'm not saying that everybody that goes into uh, the horror nights at Universal Studios, you know, the whole mass is going to come out and demon possess. I'm not saying that, but it does open you up. And that's um, proven um, if you do the research. So th- that, that, th- that fright, that it, it, it traumatizes your, your body, your mind, 
and that's why when we when you look into um, um, satanic rituals, trauma tra- they, they, they traumatize you. They traumatize you, and they traumatize you to either uh, create this thing inside you or get you possessed. It, 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 that's documented by the FBI, by the CIA. So it's not something I'm making up or just believe because I, I, I you know, I'm a Christian. This is real. This is real stuff. Real, satanic ritual abuse is the actual term for it. And if you look at movies like um, Born Identity or some of these other movies that copy the same format, it's always some ritual uh, or some some scientific abuse. And then they forget who they are. They create another personality. And then the person goes and does what they have to do. And then the real person comes back and like, what did I do? I don't even know who I am. Yeah. You see it in many movies, <laughs> you know? And this is a part of this, what's called satanic ritual abuse. And one of the um, experts on this is Russ Dizdar. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's a preacher, and uh, this is his field of study. Uh, so, but anyway, it's, it's just, it's just uh, if people understand what, 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 what happens when you're frightened, when you're scared. I mean, there are people out there that love horror movies. They love it so much that they cannot let go of it. You know, there there was there was something I was addicted to a long time ago. You know, uh, my my addiction to music ended in 2000, the end of 2006. This was something I, the music I used to listen to, I thought I'd never be able to let it go, ever. But through the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm free, and free from other things too, and free from sin. And if you're out there listening, you could be free from any addiction. You could be forgiven for any sin. And, you know, God is a God of love and mercy, but he's also a righteous judge. And he's judging this planet. He's going to judge this have... planet. Amen. And, and you and know what's interesting? He will come back. He will. Oh, yes, he's returning. And what's interesting is people are afraid of zombies. Right? Have they haven't heard of the things that are going to come out of the pit to torture men for six months with the sting from their tail? They're going to develop boils on their body. These things have the face of women, tails like a scorpion. And you think a zombie apocalypse is something? Think about the, the, the spiritual realm. The veil is torn and demons are manifested in front of you. That's what the Bible is talking about. That's what the the tribulation, the great tribulation period will be about. It's, it's, and more than that, we're talking about earthquakes that move every mountain from its foundation. You don't want to be caught in that. Mm. I mean, because God is going to show that he is Lord and no one else. So these fantasies, these things that you're afraid of out there, that you're preparing for, seek the Lord first. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. Righteousness. Hey, hey. It's just, so just the way that it needs to be because we are living in a world that is corrupted with sin. And the fantasies of men will lead you astray every time. Every and time. You go, just go off the beaten path and you... Well, not even off the beam. You won't even be able to look and, 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 and 
find God. It's a it's a plan of the enemy. You know, it's a plan of the enemy. and they have you be, believing things like the undead or the things that can't dead. When we read two passages of scripture tonight that shared with everyone that you know what there is a death that's coming, and the, the death that we read about in the second Lazarus was he was separated. He could not go back. He wanted to go back. He begged yeah. to go back. Listen, let me go tell him. I just need to go mm-hmm. tell him what's coming. Mm-hmm. And the other one, you saw the only person that has the spiritual authority to do that was Jesus Christ. And he called Lazarus yeah. from the dead. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, folks, you know, we, we have um, researched and spent the time doing this that you don't be caught up with the ways of the world. Don't be caught up. Don't don't get yourself, um, you find yourself plotting and planning to survive the zombie apocalypse where this was actually <clears throat> planted in your mind some 20, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And now you're acting on, on those things that have been placed in your mind. And, you know, you're living in, in fear. You're living in fear. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. And that's what's yeah. going on with a lot of people. So we, yeah. we, we to just you know, just to sort of recap, we we took you from where it is and we, we showed you um last week in scripture where you know the Bible talks about staying away from those who are into sorcery, um, necromancy and doing those talking to the dead or doing these stay far away from them because it has its it it, it, it starts out with with it can start from drugs and um, or it can start from the occult, but they all lead to the same way. People who have taken the drugs, which opened the third eye, um, spiritualized, so they say, is that you're able to see things you could not normally see, and they are terrorized and possessed. So my question, if that happens, why do you want to go there again? But people mm-hmm. are, 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 are doing it. It's like <laughs> people go to a haunted house, and they get scared, they're so scared. And like, man, that was good. I got to go back. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, yeah. um, that's not what this is. This this life is about. God has placed you on the earth for you to be do, to do something that is meaningful. That is, <clears throat> he's going to. We are all going to have to give an account one day for the things that we did in this body, and this is real. This is yeah. real. We will have to pay a price for it. You know, before we go, I wanted to just touch on a couple of passages of Scripture about there are two deaths in the Bible, two deaths. One, the physical death. And the Bible says after that, there is, there is judgment. There is a second death. But the wicked shall perish. This is in Psalm thirty-seven twenty. The wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord will be like, will be, like the glory of the pastors, they vanish like smoke and they vanish away. That's where death is, the eternal separation from God. Um, and it, it just goes through Scripture. And I'm going to see if I can get one in Revelation, find one in Revelation for you. Um, Revelation 21.8, But for the cowardly and the unbelieving and the abominable, and the murderers, and the moral persons, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all the liars, their part will be in the lake 
that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That is the second death. That mm-hmm. is eternal separation from God. And he yeah. says that those are the people that we talked about, it, sorcery, they do all those things. Hey, mm-hmm. there's a time coming. There's a price to pay. You must pay the price. Those things, there's a consequence. It's like the guy who says he gets up and he, he, he smokes and smokes and smokes, and then he finds out uh, 30 years from now, hey, he has maybe lung cancer or whatever it is. That's just a physical consequence to something that he did in the physical body. But there are spiritual implications to what you do also spiritually. And God is yeah. the one that has the access to the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And he says in his word that price, there's a price to pay. There is a price that we, we all will pay. Every man will have to pay its price. Every man will have to pay its own price. When I say every man, every man, woman, and will have to pay the price. Because once you are able to, to know, understand the difference between good and evil, you'll have to pay a price. Because you'll be held accountable. Yeah. If, they, if I hold you accountable when you have a job at work and you, if you don't do it, they're going to hold you accountable. If you do it, they will reward you. The same thing. The same exact thing happens. And I just want to implore people, like Chris said earlier, seek he first. Seek first the kingdom of God. They say, well, what are you talking about the kingdom of God? What are you talking about? Dude, all you got to do is listen. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you, as he will, in his word. He says you have to seek him. Knock and the door shall be opened. Don't just fall for everything that you see that's going on there. And he will reveal himself to you, and you will see that he's truth. You know? And that, that's where I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave it. And I'll be praying for people. We're in the month of October. There are a lot of things that we have to talk about. Next week we have a, another great show coming up. Chris, I'm not going to give anything away, but I, I know you want to say some other things. But go ahead, my brother. <laughs> well, I just wanted to give another statistic to, for the show The Walking Dead. It says here in the article, it says, The Walking Dead is the first cable series to beat every show of fall broadcast season in adult 18 to 49 rating, right? And remember that kids watching this too. But anyway, it says, AMC The Walking Dead is the first cable series in television history to reign as the biggest show of the fall season among the, the, the age, beating all broadcast and cable entertainment series, including The Voice, Modern Family, X Factor, Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, Grey's Anatomy, and on and on, right? Wow. On a 9 p.m. premiere. Um, the, the finale de- de- delivered 10.5 million viewers. The series incurred at 10, at 10 p.m. and then again at midnight, delivering an additional 3.6 million and 1. Point million viewers, respectively, totaling 15.2 million viewers for the night. With with li- with live plus uh, seven, The Walking Dead adds another 3.4 million viewers a week on average. Wow. <laughs> the wow. Walking Dead season three to date reigns as the number one ad supporting drama series in basic cable history history among total viewers 
adults 18 to 49, adults 25 to 54, adults 18 to 34, uh, men 18 to 45, men 25 to 54, and men 18 to 34. Wow. AMC re- resumes the final eight episodes. Uh, well, this is three years ago. And, of course, you know, the, the show is getting more popular now. And here it says, uh, this is a quote, representing both the studio and the network as AMC does on this project, I speak for so many when I thank you and, cr- and cra- congratulations to everyone involved. Um, said Charlie Coll- uh, Collier, MC president. The records that The Walking Dead shattered today represent an enormous achievement of which we are so proud. So there are wow. statistics, and there are many more statistics. This is three years ago. But you see how many people were added weekly. So it's not just like it's just these people that are into horror. People are just in, infatuated with this um, this um, series and I watched from season one to season um, five. It's a, season six starts this 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 um, fall. Um, so, but I, I basically know the whole story of it. You know, it's basically it's, it's it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, so, you know, it's just just prepare yourself for God and not what man has for you, because Jesus Christ. Need more people, not needs. It's calling more people. Amen. But the world is is just taking them away to the wide road. And just to make Amen. it clear, I'm not I'm not saying what the Walking Dead is going to lead you to hell. No, we're just saying guard your minds, guard your hearts, and if you are not saved, seek the Lord while He may be found. Get saved today. Don't take the wide road. Take the narrow road that only a few find. Momentous. A few. Momentous. A few. You know, this is this is something serious. But we want to thank you for listening tonight. And we hope you join us next week for our, our show that is going to deal with this uh, subject of Halloween. So um, thank you and good night. Have a great night. Thank you much. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to sit there and let them burn? When it comes to your education, there's no need to settle. Get the interactive and purposeful education that you and employers demand from Colorado State University Global Campus. You'll get personalized, career-driven learning created and taught by today's industry leaders. CSU Global was built to help students succeed with affordability, flexibility, and individualized support. It's time to expect better. Find your path to the career you want at csuglobal.edu, where online education isn't another thing we do. It's all we do. Pros in the know start with Lowe's because Lowe's makes it easy to save big on building materials to finish any job. Need to stock up on water heaters? Save 5% on select A.O. Smith water heaters when you buy three or more of the same model. Plus, save 5% on eligible purchases every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. 
So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. While supplies last, credit offer subject to credit approval can't be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply, U.S. only.